You're listening to the BJ Show, bjshow.co. It's Brad and John. I am Brad. He is John. Together we make, well, that's, I. you know, I, I'm going to my old days of the, uh, I would say, BS. <laughs> Careful, Brad. Uh, yeah, BS. <laughs> Brad and Shelly, together we make BS. Okay, couple things to talk about. Um, have you been into the St. Charles County area right there, uh, St. Charles City, where streets of St. Charles, you ever been in there before? Uh, oh, yeah, of course. I was just, you know, by the way, Brad, I went to uh, St. Charles Christmas Traditions this weekend. Oh, did you really? I did. Yeah, I took the kids down there on Saturday night at, you know what, thanks to Westplex 107.1 and Egbert 104.5, I learned about Jack Frost and everything like that. And I took the kids down there Saturday. It started pouring when we were down there. Oh, God, and we sad. hightailed it to the car. So that's... we didn't get to see 100% of things. But I highly recommend it to anybody that's listening that hasn't been down there. It was fantastic. It is cool. Was it very busy when you were there that night? Yeah, it was. And, you know, it was misting when we got down there. That's... But it was it was just awesome. The carolers, the horse-drawn carriages. Every, it smells great, you know, which well, is a big it, thing. I'm, a, I'm an olfactory guy. Yeah, well, there's a lot of, you know, a lot of cooking and baking and stuff like that going on down there. There's some nice restaurants along there. Um, it's and so we cut through to get back on to get back on the highway. We cut through Streets of St. Charles. So anyway, sorry for interrupting. Uh, okay, well, Streets of St. Charles, for the those of you old enough to remember, what used to be called uh, the place that was there is called Noah's Ark. There was a hotel and there was a restaurant. And do you remember this at all, Noah's Ark? Yeah, oh, I remember Noah's Ark for sure. Okay, they it was took, a gi- literally a giant ark. Yeah, it was a big ark, and they had they had, <laughs> they had elephants and, and animals out front. Okay, they tore that all down for a long time. It just sat there empty, and then they built this thing called Streets of St. Charles, which has turned into a tremendous success. Now the next phase is where they're actually going down toward the river, and they open up this new place, which I've heard everything everybody rave about it. I I mean, but I don't quite get the pickleball thing, you know. Me neither. I, I've never played it. I, 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 frankly, I associate it with people that are super annoying. <laughs> <laughs> I like just to be frank. Like anyone I see talking about it online, I think I wouldn't want to spend any time with them. I can go to my high school, uh, you know, class page, and I can almost guarantee you that one of the <laughs> one of the top three pictures there is going to be. Uh, they all go out to Chesterfield Mall. They've converted. I don't know if you know this or not. They've converted Chesterfield Mall into nothing but pickleball courts. Like, well, all why the... not? There's no store that's going <laughs> to set up shop there, Brad. right? Right. Why not have pickleball? And then they all go over to Harpo's uh, afterwards and they drink. And I'm thinking to myself, okay, the life of retirement. Okay, yeah. but having said that. There is now people all over the St. Louis metro looking like, oh, my God, look at this. Because essentially what Streets of St. Charles is, is mixed use at its finest. You have Mm -hmm. condos, you have apartments, you have restaurants, you have a theater. Uh, It's become like the kind of place that if you live there, and it would be sort of cool because if you live there, you know, hey, let's let's go to dinner. You just, you know, like you're in your apartment or your condo, whatever. You walk downstairs, you walk through the streets of St. Charles, you go to, you know, one of the restaurants, uh, you know, with a place. I still like enjoy. Prosino. Yes, this, the the place I still enjoy going is, uh, although they've had some rough times over the last couple of years. Um, is Hooters? No, 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 no. My name it rings. Uh, uh, Bar Louie. Bar Louie. Oh uh, yeah. The sure. one the one there at Street St. Charles is yep. huge. Uh, if you know what's going on with Bar Louie, they went bankrupt. A new company bought it, and I don't think it's as good as it used to be. But that's a whole another story. Okay, now what's happened is across the St. Louis County area. They're using that as an example, and that's exactly what Chesterfield wants to do with Chesterfield Mall. They want to make yeah. it like downtown Chesterfield, which, quite honestly, there really was never a downtown Chesterfield. Uh, but they want to make it like old, you know, like a place like that. The latest one is Brentwood, and if you know Brentwood, let's take it. Let's take uh, Manchester Road between Brentwood Boulevard and Hanley. 
they have plans to essentially take possession, eminent domain, blight, whatever you want to call it, every single parcel of property along there and give that to a developer. I think this is so wrong in so many ways. And you see this happen all the time. Um, and where a city will come in and say, well, we're going to do this. And I mean, like, for example, there were people, and I don't know if they got the golden handshake or what happened, but there were people that lived along the Katy Trail down the hill from where the St. Charles, uh, streets of St. Charles is. And they had houses built on stilts. And I thought to myself, that would always be a cool place to live. You know, I, yeah. when I drive by, I used to take my kids to the Katy Trail all the time. I, and those houses are all gone. They knocked them all down. I got a feeling they were knocked down because of the fact that, hey, the city wanted that property. You had it happen recently in University City. If you've driven around the intersection yeah, of I read about this. 170 yeah. and Olive, three corners of the 170 and Olive interchange are now completely gone. I mean, they completely took, there was used to be a Home Depot store in the one corner and a, and a couple of gas stations on the one corner. There was several churches and a bunch of houses all gone, leveled. Yep. You now have a Costco. You now have a, a Cane's fried chicken. You have a, it's sort of funny, you have dueling chicken places. You have Cane's across the street from Chick-fil-A. <laughs> and most of those places got eminent domain because of the fact that the city came in and said, hey, we need this property more, and you, we do. I get it when they have to put in, like, electric lines. There's a big thing, and you've talked about this um um, you know, I know this has probably come up on your johncombest.com thing. The farmers fighting the uh, people trying Rain to Belt build. Express. Yes, trying to build yep. the electric lines across northern Missouri to carry the wind energy from the western states, pre- predominantly, you know, the Nebraska and the states where you have more wind than to the north of us, into the metro areas, specifically into the Chicago area, Milwaukee areas, and even to a point, stuff like that. And the the, 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 the farmers have fought that. And quite honestly, I don't really understand why they're fighting it that much because of the fact that if you've seen like electric transmission lines through farm property and all you have to do is go down near, uh, go down into uh, southern St. Charles County or either uh, southern uh, uh, Warren County or either northern Franklin County because you have the Labity power plant and you have this bunch of power lines going in all directions coming out of Labity from the uh, Labity Ameren UE plant. And to the point where all they do is they stick, you know, like a, like a tower every two or 300 feet, and it's no big deal. I mean, I, I guess the farmers, yeah. they say, well, we have to farm around it. If you pay me enough, I'll farm around anything. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and I think, I mean, it goes back to the, it goes back to the idea that everybody has a price. So if the, you would think that if people were compensated, quote, unquote, fairly for it, there wouldn't be an well, issue with it. it. My issue is, is let's say the people down there in Brentwood, and several, several of them have, have businesses, small businesses, they're like, some of them, I think, are second and third generation, okay? Those buildings are paid off. Those people don't have to make a rent payment, and they're doing okay for themselves, okay? But if the appraiser comes in and says, this building is worth $200,000, and that's all they're going to give them, there's no way in the world they're going to be able to relocate and build another building for $200,000, Absolutely not. I say the solution is 10 times market value. That's the number. That's the magic number. The magic number would be if you have, like, let's say they want to put a, uh, you know, an extension of of the page extension. This is going to happen. The the, what they call stage four are are are. I've even heard Steve Alman talk about this. The next phase of the page extension is going to be through Lake St. Louis into Wentzville. 
which essentially right now is Highway N, because that's where essentially where when you go on the 364, the page extension, yep. it essentially ends at Highway 40 right there in Lake St. Louis. And then you go on to a, you know, a four-lane uh, with uh, traffic lights, and then it ultimately narrows down to a two-lane, takes you all the way out to Z out there south of Wentzville. If I had a house along there and the county came along and said, hey, we're going to have to take your house because we're going to put the page extension, ext- you know, phase number four, and your house is right in the middle of that, I'd say, well, it's a $250,000 house. And they'd say, well, we'll give you $250,000. I go, no, give me $2.5 million and I will leave tomorrow. You know, yeah. what, you know what I'm saying? Now, you couldn't, Brad, because I have a feeling you'd have a lot of stuff that you would have to pack up. I feel like you're a stuff guy. I am a stuff guy. Yeah, I, I, who's not? I am. Well, I think I have a little bit of a hoarder gene in me, you know? Well, part of my problem is I hate to see things. See, I don't know why this is. People accuse me of being this anti-environmentalist. I am like the ultimate recycler, you know? I because mean, you don't want to, th- why throw something away if well, it can have another use? Well, but not only that, I mean, like, for example, I drink soda out of cans. I go on Mountain Dew right here. I've got a can crusher. I crush my cans. When I get enough cans in a big old monstrous, uh, you know, 55-gallon trench bag, I go you to my— You take them down to one—you go. You drive down 141, and you take them right down to that place in Eureka. What's the name of that place? No, it's it's right there. He won't do any business with me. I I, I give him free plugs all the time. It's called okay. Scrap Mart. Okay, then we won't plug him. Scrap Mart, right there. He's he's, he's, he's actually in Valley Park. He's the, Valley Park, that's what right, I Right, mean. right, yep. right. And, you know, nice guys. They know me. The guy, you know, they know me by name, literally. I show up there. Okay? I'm talking through— I have on a set of headsets that Shelly <laughs> bought off of, off of uh, she bought one for me, she bought one for herself. She bought this off of uh, uh, Facebook Marketplace. The console I am using right now used to be at a radio station in Pittsburgh. Uh, matter of fact, they completely, they moved and they completely remodeled. They didn't take any of the equipment with them. They essentially moved into a new location, put all new equipment in. When they switched to the new location, they took all the old equipment. There's a local guy that's a, a reseller of broadcast equipment. He bought everything, took trucks and stuff like that, took, brought it all back here to St. Louis. I bought it from him. Nice. The, our, our transmitter that is on uh, 1350. Uh, that is a transmitter that I literally bought from the same guy, um, you know. And my cars, matter of fact, uh, I have I have a car guy. I have too many cars. Uh, three of the cars I have right now came to me on the back of tow trucks, meaning that yeah. <laughs> they didn't run. And one of them I worked on yesterday. Um, I got when it didn't run, and it had two hundred and seven thousand miles on it. I'm coming up on two hundred sixty thousand miles, and that car was headed to the junkyard. And now I get it. Nowadays, it's to the point where if you can't work on it like me, it's gotten to the point where nothing against uh, the auto repair places. But if you go in for something minor, I mean, I guarantee you that you can't, for the most part, go to an auto repair place and come out with less than a three-digit bill. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely not. I yep. mean, it's and, dreadful. Right. And that's why people put off their car repairs. Right. And most of the time, it's a four-digit bill. You know, it's to the point yeah. where you're going to pay a lot of money Absolutely. for that. Okay. Uh, you know hey, what? Do we want to go through, Brad? Do we want to go through the top three stories today? I screwed up. Yes, 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 yes. Go ahead. Oh, T- yeah. I, I'll just tick through them real quickly. We'll start off with number three. Uh, so a local story. As described by the Missouri Independent, which is a progressive blog, there's a, a tiny little company in Pacific, Missouri, that's at the center of a huge legal battle over marijuana. And specifically, this company called Delta Extraction, based uh, based in Pacific, uh, has taken, they sell edibles, so they sell marijuana products, and they're at the center of a legal battle because the state has shut them down, the state of Missouri has shut them down because this company has imported some THC 
concentrate, so the active ingredient marijuana, they've imported it from the state of Florida. Now, the state of Missouri, when it set up these marijuana regulations, said that these companies have to use only Missouri-grown marijuana, only Missouri-grown products, and that they have to track it from, from seed to sale. So this company, based in Pacific, is saying, no, no, we didn't import there, – there's no rule that says that we can't import the active ingredient from other states. So it's a center of a huge legal battle. Um, it's it's going to be very expensive, and it will set the precedent of how marijuana companies operate here in Missouri. So to think that a, a small company that I believe the Missouri Independent says they have about 20 employees, and they call them at the end of a dusty farm road near Pacific. So it's going to be that, – that company – will be the epicenter of Missouri marijuana regulations. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm going to just interject something here before you do yeah. number two. Um, they talk about um, the initiative petition uh, um, system in the state of Missouri. Yep. This is a perfect example of what's screwed up with the initiative petition is because these things end up as law, and there's all these loopholes in them. Like, for example, Absolutely. the thing that's going on right now in St. Charles County, where St. Charles County is joined in with St. Louis County because of the fact that there is a, a question as of whether the counties can assess their 3% in addition to the munis assessing their 3% on the sale yep. of marijuana. And, that's and it, was of, not, it was not clear in the initiative petition. Like, the way that that was written, it was so vague. Right, and it just... It referred to something to governing authority or something like that. And and the counties essentially said, well, that's us. We're governing authority. You know, I mean, and, and they are technically. I mean, if you look at it that way, yeah. I think that it was intended to mean the municipalities. But like you said, the way the law was written, it wasn't it wasn't very yeah. specific. And if you know what we're talking about, essentially, if you go buy marijuana right now, you pay the state sales tax, you pay 6% Missouri marijuana tax. And if your dispensary is in a county that has voted this in, you pay, and is in a municipality, you pay 3% muni tax, muni, uh, 3% muni marijuana tax, and 3% county marijuana tax. So essentially, above and beyond the roughly 10% sales tax, you're paying another 12% in uh, uh, marijuana tax, 6% for the state, six, uh, 3% for the county, and 3% for the muni. So... It's just nuts. It, know, it's incredible. And it's a, it, it, so that's the that's the number three story. The number two story, Missouri was in national news over the weekend. The man who ran Ron DeSantis's PAC, Ron DeSantis's PAC was called Never Back Down. The man who ran it was a guy named Jeff Rowe, who's from Missouri, who came to prominence running the campaigns of a guy named Sam Graves, who's the congressman from northern Missouri, represents all of northern Missouri now. And Jeff Rowe stepped down from his role leading Ron DeSantis is back. He stepped down on Saturday after there was a Washington Post story about a lot of infighting in the DeSantis campaigns. And it's really uh, it's a it's a long running story or a long running tale throughout the history of politics. When you have a guy who's been elected in his home state who has a stable of long term friends and long term aides and then you bring people in who have a national profile who aren't from that person's state, you have a lot of clashes between old friends of the candidate new friends of the candidate, how do they get along, who's actually got the, got the final word with the candidate. So there was a lot of infighting there. So, so Missouri was, was brought into that story because of Jeff Rowe's high profile. 
And also because of the fact that everyone thought that Ron DeSantis was going to be the anointed, uh, at least yes, the number. the alternative to Trump. Right. And that's not necessarily turning out the way they thought it's it not. was. It's not. And, you know, and, and, and in fact, DeSantis's attacks on Nikki Haley played a key role in, in the dissension within the, the campaigns, too. It's getting interesting. So that's the number two story. And then the final story quickly is NBC News highlighted Francis Howe School District over the weekend. And a human named, I say human because this reporter makes clear that its pronouns are they, them. <laughs> this reporter wrote about what what they, them called anti-LGBTQ bills and highlighted Missouri. The, the star of the story is a woman in the Francis Howe School District who last year began turning her 15-year-old daughter into a boy with the help of the Washington University Gender uh, Transition Center. And was in, and this woman says that she is also going to sue the Francis House School District if they end up keeping boys out of girls' restrooms and locker rooms. So NBC National News made uh, made Francis Howell famous over the weekend. That's just what Francis Howell needs, right? <laughs> just, just what they need. You know, call me an old fogey. Call me. I'm thinking to myself. When did we get away from concentrating on educating kids at school? You know what I'm saying? Right, and, right. I, yeah, it, well, I mean, it's because it's not interesting, Brad. You need to teach them to be to be warriors and social justice I, I don't. Uh, partisans and, and, and fighters, Brad. You know, you, you read these stories about how we're like, matter of fact, have you ever seen that that, that TV show, uh, was it called Newsroom, that had Jeff Daniels in it? Do you know I've what? heard of it. I never watched it. I'm familiar with it, though. I will send you the clip. The very first episode starts out where he is on a panel. He's at a college, and he's on a panel of of experts. And one of them is a college professor. I don't know what the other is. Like him and a woman and a man, and there's like a professor who's like leading this 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 moderation. And he's sort of a bad boy network news guy. That's what the whole story is about. Newsroom. It's like a national. It's like like NBC. It's like it would be like you know like that. And he doesn't want to give his opinion. And the moderator, the professor, goads him. And finally, he gives his opinion. And he launches into these facts that if they're true, it's scary as hell. Because he talks about how we're like, uh, you know, in the, in, the, you know, in the world, our educational system, we're like number 36 in math. <laughs> you know, I mean, and yeah. it's like, and, and what's interesting is also over the weekend, we're running late. It's my fault. Over the weekend, I heard I was punching buttons and I was listening to uh, was it the Patriot and they're running the old uh, they're running a rerun of um, the Clay and Buck sh uh, show, which is the replacement for for Rush Limbaugh. And Buck Sexton grew up in New York City, and if you know what's going on in some of the cities, they are eliminating the uh, uh, advanced placement courses. Do you know about this? Oh, I didn't. I didn't know that they are. Well, no. because they're discriminatory. And of course they are. Where they're discriminatory because it's... Now, here's what's interesting. He says when he went to one of the testing centers for this, he was trying to get into some advanced placement high school within, like, the city of, uh, city of New York. Yeah. He was the only non-Asian there. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I believe it. So, in other words, everybody there who was taking the advanced placement courses, except for him, was Asian. Well, you know why? Because he's a victim of he's a victim of racism because what? those tests are biased toward Asians. <laughs> but once again, it's to the point where 
if you watch any of these movies, go watch the movie, um, what's it called? Uh, Crazy Rich Asians, which is interesting. Oh, I've heard of that. Yeah, yeah. And if you've heard the term tiger mom. Yeah. The tiger mom essentially is a mother who is insistent on her kids becoming ultra successful and becoming doctors and attorneys and 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 members a matter of fact there was a there was a story i read recently about about symphony orchestras used to be that a, a, a disproportionate number of symphony musicians who are like, you know, you think of the, a symphony musician is like the, the top of the pier. I mean, they're yeah. the pyramid. They're really good. It used to be a disproportionate number of the symphony musicians were Jewish because that was something that Jewish people aspired to. You know, you always hear these stories about, you know, the mom would tell her son or daughter, you become a doctor, become a lawyer, that kind of stuff. Yep. But also they, you know, a lot of, of, of very accomplished actors and musicians are Jewish. Now it's Asians. That there's yeah. a disproportionate number of Asians who are like these incredibly talented and, you know, and, and, and just perfect musicians because they got pushed by their tiger mom. Well, it, it can't be fair. If, if the disproportionate number are Asians, then there, then there has to be some foul play. It can't be due to dedication, hard work, talent. It has to be something nefarious, Brad. <laughs> you know, I always, I always give this example. If you, 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 because if you talk about a meritocracy, in other words, the idea being is the people who are merit, in other words, they're the smartest, they're the fastest, they're the whatever they are, those are the ones that rise to the top. Let's say we did that in sports and we said, okay, we're not going to have uh, the, 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 you know, the, <laughs> the Rams, we're not going to have the fastest guy for a wide receiver. We need a guy who's uh, a little overweight and uh, maybe, he's, uh, maybe he's an Asian American and he's only like yeah. five foot eight. You know, we need him. Like, oh, you know, you start pulling up, people go, no, hold on a minute now. That's not now right. That sounds fair. I always wanted to play cornerback, not quarterback, because <laughs> that requires a lot of throwing. But, like, I'd love to, you know, I think that I should be. I mean, you know, well, I'm, a, I'm a generous 5'9". Why am I not playing in the NFL? To this day, when people ask me what I want to do, I said I want to pitch for the Cardinals. And yeah, why not? <laughs> guess what? It's never going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we have to take a break. Uh, we'll be back at 745.